Thank you for listening to Christian Family Church Podcast. Here at CFC, our mission is to live and communicate the power of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to the world around us. From wherever you're listening, we hope you'll be encouraged by this week's message. Fantastic. Well, thanks for having me. I took about... uh, about 10 minutes to work out which t-shirt I was going to wear this morning. And that's mainly because last, I did some research last week. I watched last week's video. And the worship singer had a nice orange t-shirt on. Did you notice that? Stood out really well on the video. And I can hardly see myself on there, but I should have gone with the orange. But anyway, it's good. Hello, I'm here. I'm here from Ararat Community Church. And I'm the senior pastor there. And we're doing our best to build the kingdom in Ararat. And we're hoping God's going to do a lot more than what we can do. So... Uh, that's good, isn't it? So look, I'm here um, to speak, and uh, you know, Andrew gave me that. You know, they give you the free reign thing. Have you heard of that? And I say, I'll oh, just you know bring whatever you think God's saying. So as a, a prophetic person or pro- prophet, uh, the Lord speaks to me on a fairly regular basis about things, and I have a couple of things that I, He's been speaking to me. So I did I did prepare for today, um, just for today for this moment. Uh, I just put a bit of time into it. But it's Twenty years, twenty years. That's how I, I've been preparing for 20 years for this moment. And I'm going to share that with you now. So if we look at our first slide, you see I'm going to focus on the days of Noah. Have you heard of that phrase, the days of Noah? Uh, it's a very relevant phrase uh, because we're in them. We're in them. And I'm going to attempt to show you that now. So if you really want to join with me, you can look in Luke 17. You can see this is where Jesus begins to talk uh, about the end days. And he says, just as it was in the days of Noah so also will it be in the days of the Son of Man. People were eating, drinking, marrying, and uh, being given in marriage up to the day that Noah entered the ark. And then the flood came and destroyed them all. It was the same in the days of Lot. People were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But the day Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. There is a correlation between the days of Noah and the days of Lot. The days of Noah, you might immediately think of the rainbow. Dot, dot, dot. And if you have ears to hear right now, you'll know what I'm beginning to refer to. Because in the days of Lot, there was a whole load of other type of marrying that was going on. So when there's the days of Noah and the days of Lot happening at the same time, We're in the days of Noah and we're in the days of Lot at the end of the age. Does that sound familiar to any of you guys? Is the whole world beginning to speak in that language? Yes, it is. So I want to talk to you about my 20-year journey to this sermon and just the way that the Lord speaks through us and to us. It began back in 2000, my next slide. 2000, I became a Christian. Praise God. You remember when you became a Christian? It's good, wasn't it? It's a brilliant moment. I gave the guys a little bit of uh, input about what exactly was going on in my mind at the time that I became a Christian. And for the sake of um, not offending anyone, I'm not going to mention the language that I was using as I approached becoming a Christian. But I can tell you this, it wasn't very long until the Holy Spirit began to clean me up. And he does that with all of us if we're willing. If we're, we're willing to say, yes, Lord, do what you've got to do. 
I'm sorry I've been away from you for so long. I'm so glad that you've spoken to me again and finally got through to me. And actually, at the time that I became a Christian, I did begin to dream prolifically. 16 dreams in a night is my record. 16 dreams, and uh, generally they're grouped. They're grouped. They're about four different subjects, and actually I was able to speak into all of those subjects and, and on an increasing level and an increasing frequency. I began to prophesy at church, and those things that I prophesied became true. I said, for example, my, to my pastor at one point, I believe the Lord is going to give us a new building. I had a dream. I saw somebody present, asking us to present our case, and then they gave us their building. And shortly after, that is exactly what happened. And so I began to see that God can speak through dreams or will speak through dreams on a regular basis if our hearts are right and we want to get the interpretation and we want to hear exactly what he is saying, not what we want him to be saying. And God wants us to be filled with the Holy Spirit because those first couple of years when I was a Christian, I found it really hard because I'd been so bad, I had lots of making up to do. Right, I've got to be so good now. I've got to be completely righteous and never sin again. You ever tried that? It's, it's really easy. It's easy. It's not easy at all, is it? We can't do it. We can't do it. And that's what Romans 6 and 7 are all about. Romans 6 and 7, Paul is saying, I try in my own strength, I try desperately, to, and I beat myself up, and I, try, I want to do the right thing, and I just can't do it. And, but Romans 8 comes after that, doesn't it? Romans 8, and, and Paul basically says, praise God, I've got the Holy Spirit to help me. And if you haven't got the Holy Spirit, if you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're going you're gonna to live a quite a legalistic lifestyle. You're going to regularly beat yourself up because you're trying in your own strength to do what only God can do. So I had a little season, a couple of years, where I began to lean on God more and more and realize I actually really need the Holy Spirit. I'm actually not that great a person, even though I really would love to be. I need God's help. My next slide. 2002, I came to the earth-shattering conclusion that it was actually better for me if I asked God what he wanted to do with my life. Have you reached that stage yet? Have you? Are you sure? Maybe you've reached it a little bit, and maybe you haven't fully reached it because sometimes you take the reins back or you jump back in, into the driving seat. So actually, actually, I think we should be doing this. Have you checked with God? Did he say do that? And that is a process as we're walking with the Lord where God begins to challenge us about who is Lord of our lives, him or us. Sometimes, as in 2002, he'll bring something to a close that you were passionate about. I was a product designer. Have you ever heard of that? Product designer. There was interior designers, architectural designers, industrial designers, and product designers. Automotive designers as well. And I love being a product designer. It gave me great status. And God doesn't like status, you know that, right? He's a jealous God. He doesn't like you bigging yourself up. He wants you to big him up, to give him glory, because it's the best thing for you and for me. And I actually got made redundant for my design job which was highly humiliating. <laughs> but actually, thankfully, it was only because two big uh, project managers left and you know, it wasn't anything to do with me being rubbish or anything like that. But six of us got made uh, redundant at the time. And I began to say, okay then, Lord, what do you want? 
thought you wanted me to be a designer. I even got a Bible verse, Deuteronomy 8.18, that says, I've given you the ability to produce wealth. What does that tell you? God's about to make me a millionaire. (laughs) If you hear it how you want to hear it, that's what I concluded. Oh, great. He's taken me out of design so I can become a millionaire. It's brilliant. I knew I had it. I knew I had it in me. So still the ego was uh, whimpering away and hadn't died yet. Funnily, Funnily enough, actually, he wanted me to crucify the flesh and realize that he had the ability, he gave me any ability whatsoever to make any money whatsoever. You know that? Any gifting you've got didn't come from you. Ultimately, everything on the earth came from him. And so he began working in my heart, challenging me to trust him and let him guide my life. And that's what happened in 2002. My parents moved out. I'm going to show you the next slide. My parents moved out of London to a beautiful little place called Kemsing. It's a tiny little village. You can Google search it later because I know you don't believe me. Well, you won't believe me when I say this. Look at the end of that, that road there. That's my mum and dad's road there, Park Lane. And there on the corner, it says Noah's Ark. I didn't, that's not photoshopped, I promise you. That's an actual road sign. And if you look at the next slide, it leads a couple of hundred meters down the road to the hamlet called Noah's Ark. So in 2002, 20 years ago, my mum and dad moved to this place, basically Noah's Ark. And I spent every weekend there, pretty much, with my boys, and I regularly walked down to Noah's Ark. And I began to think, this is strange, Lord. Why would someone call a place Noah's Ark? That's, that's a strange name, strange thing to, to call anything, apart from Noah's Ark, obviously, because that's quite convenient and appropriate. And so I began to think, Lord, it, you know, I like the story of Noah's Ark. Are you speaking to me about Noah's Ark? And as it happened, if we look at the next slide... I began a journey where the story of Noah's Ark would not stop coming up. God would just bring it up over and over again, over and over again, over six years, while I went through a divorce, a separation, a divorce, living on my own and becoming a single dad. Six years. In that time, I became totally bitter, angry, and a nightmare. No, I didn't. I didn't. I let God speak to me. And sometimes the biggest change that's ever going to happen in your life is if you hold on to Jesus in the midst of the hardest times of your life and let him work in you. I prayed and fasted multiple times. I have 40-day fasts, 20-day fasts, because I believed, I knew God wanted to change me. And I had a lot of strongholds. If you've got strongholds, you've got mental patterns that you have God's not going to leave them there. He's going to want to break them and renew your mind. Romans 12, we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. You can't be transformed unless your mind is renewed. Do you understand the link there? And that requires a bit of sacrifice. That that requires a bit of trust that God is going to help you stop being negative. He's going to help you think positively. He's going to stop you from doubting yourself. He's going to help you see yourself as he sees you. 
is going to change your thinking patterns so that you think like Jesus thinks about himself. He wants you to think about yourself the same way Jesus on the earth thought about himself. Not arrogantly thinking I'm super great, I'm the best gift, gift to this church. They should be grateful. Definitely not that one. But there's a season of preparation, just like Noah had, where Noah had to build an ark and everyone was looking around thinking, what the heck are you doing? Why are you so devoted to God? Why don't you just go and have a fun time? Why don't you find a new lady? That was my temptation. Just go and find someone else. Fill the hole, fill the gap. Then you feel better about yourself. Not what God wanted. Over and over again. I mean, they were literally throwing themselves at me. (laughs) It wasn't quite like that. It wasn't, but there were a few options. There were a few options. But God is a God of patience and persistence and endurance. And he loves to see our character change, doesn't he? He loves to see us growing up, becoming mature and able to resist temptation and look the other way and find the way of escape that he's just provided. Also in that time, I was learning to trust God for my provision. So many of us are completely self-sufficient, aren't we? We pray, oh dear God, please, uh, you know, we just pray that you'd answer all our prayers. Anyway, I've got it now, thanks. I'll, I'll make the decisions. Uh, yeah, we're going to invest in that and I'll, I'll take this job. Well, how about you do that job? We're not even asking God how he's going to do it. And so we're still on the throne and we're still saying, this is what we're going to do. I'm deciding everything. But anyway, after six years, I thought, I had another brainwave. I thought, I really need to figure out what God means when he says, build an ark. I need to know like, exactly what does he mean. Because I keep having this phrase come up, build an ark, build an ark, build an ark, build an ark. Jay, build an ark. Okay, I'm building an ark. What? Hang on, I should, I should probably check what the ark is, right? So well, there's one day I'm walking home and I go into my apartment. I walk in, it's a flat in the UK. We call it a, a flat. So I've got upstairs. We've got stairs in the UK. It's amazing. It's like two stories. It's amazing, isn't it? Um, and I went, I went out and I'm walking in and I'm praying out loud. I really advise you pray out loud. God wants you to pray out loud. I'm telling you. Just trust me on that one. So I'm walking in and I'm walking up and says, Lord, I need to know exactly what you mean by building an ark. Can you please tell me? Pick up the TV remote because I wasn't really that interested in the answer yet. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Pray. I'm sincere. I really mean it, Lord. Anyway, what's on TV? Yeah. So I turn on the TV. Praise God, because sometimes God answers you through the TV. Do you know that? It's very supernatural. So I turn on the TV, and immediately, Sean Bolt said, some of you are building an ark. Oh, my gosh. Is this him actually saying this, or is he actually, like, supernaturally saying this? Because he just heard my prayer. I literally said, Lord, tell me, please, what do you mean by building an ark, though? I actually need to know, Lord. Turn on God TV. Some of you are building an ark. And the ark is your soul. Because God is trying to heal you and prepare you for the next season of your life. Okay. Wow. Okay. All right. God's building an ark. So what he means is I'm letting... Yeah, that's what I've been doing. I've been letting God heal me. I've been praying and fasting. I've been letting God prepare me. Over six years, I've been resisting all these millions of women... Beautiful women, beautiful women. And uh, 
I've been resisting this so well. And, uh, and, the, and actually, there was a purpose. If you look at my next slide. The purpose was, are you ready for my next slide? That God had already decided my wife was coming to the country. She's from Australia, in Mildura, and she'd been over there until February the 14th. I'll tell you that bit in a minute. Oh, yeah, 14, 2010. And she, so she arrived on Valentine's Day, eh? So the first time I met my wife was Valentine's Day. And I'm sure she touched my leg at one point, but she would deny it all the time. <laughs> we sat at the ch- table together, chatting away. I'm sure she went, oh, yeah, <laughs> touched me. And that was a sign. That was a sign. But actually, uh, the reality was we actually then be- we built a great friendship. And I would again say, if, you, if you're looking for your life partner, build a friendship first. Build a friendship first. And then let God lift the veil later on. And then you'll, you'll think, oh no, I fancy her. <laughs> or I, th- I think she thought it first. She went, oh no, I've fallen for him. And uh, thankfully it happened at the same time. Because if it doesn't, it's a bit of a nightmare. She went away to Australia. We rang each other every five seconds. And uh, sooner her friend said, uh, no man just rings up a woman all the time. He clearly loves you. So she became convinced, and uh, it was great. And we got married on the 6th of August, 2011. I wouldn't really advise less than a year, but um, it's good to have a bit of time together before you get married. But it was fantastic. And we actually felt... I start, we started talking. I talk, she knew I'd, by now we'd spent a year together. I told her all the journeys that I'd been on and how God keeps t- talking to me about being like Noah. And she said, that's funny. I've got, I've got family from Rainbow. <laughs> the Perkins family, my family, my, I think it's her mum's side, they're from Rainbow. Oh, that's amazing. And your parents live in Noah's Ark, basically. <laughs> I said, yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? Maybe we should, maybe we should use the rainbow for our wedding symbol. Let's use the rainbow. So we licensed that painting uh, from the Tate Gallery in the UK, and we used it on all our, our, our uh, invita- invitations and everything else. And we asked God what verses we had over our lives as we got married, and one of them was Genesis 9, verse 3. Now I give you everything. Hold that in your mind as we look at the next slide. Just hold that there. When we got married, God said over us, Genesis 9, verse 3, at some point, I'm going to give you everything. And in the middle, between 2011 and 2017, we'd been asked to plant a CRC church in the UK. We'd prayed and fasted. Bruce had made some comment to Beck, which is my, my wife's sister-in-law, and Beck had texted us and said, Bruce is asking, would you and Jay be willing to, to plant a church in this, uh, for the CRC in the UK? We're like, that's amazing, because we've just spent the whole day praying, Lord, we think we're meant to plant a church. Can't see it happening in our church movement. Is that really what you want us to do? And the answer was yes. However, we didn't plant the church straight away. We had four under fives at one point. So all the mothers in the room, look around, look at me. Is that bad or what? Is that bad? Four under fives, that's bad, isn't it? It's hard. We spent a little bit of time meeting together as a family, having some friends over who weren't connected to a church anywhere, and doing Bible study together. Tiny little church, just our family and a few others on a regular basis meeting in our house. That's all we did. 
four or five years. And I, I want to tell you that when we went, into, went to start the church in 2017, we started with just our family still. Because the others kind of found another church and they weren't really willing to keep trekking over. And God has said, come up out of the basement and go and plant the church. And so we started the church with just us. That's called faith. Next week, another family came. Oh, hi. Yeah, I saw your advert, and then it disappeared, but I saw it, and I thought, God said, that's where you're supposed to go. I've been praying, where shall I go for a church? Where should we go? I had a bit of problem with our last church. They came to our church. Then another family came. Then another family came. A couple of single people came, and another family came. We ended up with six families and a few singles in our church. And I think I'll just quickly say this. There are seasons where um, we need to just not covet what other people have got. God is asking us not to look at everyone else's thing and think, oh, but they're so much better than us. He's asking us just to be faithful with the little bit that we've got. And that is part of the process. Be faithful with whatever you have right now, and later on, God will give you more. Don't give up, don't covet, but just trust God and be faithful with what you got. So we started that church in 2017 called the Rock Family Church, and it was good fun. The only problem was that we couldn't meet on a Sunday morning. We could only meet in the afternoon because there was no building, there was no room at the inn, it felt like. There was no building anywhere to meet in the morning where we lived, in Shooter's Hill. And we'd been directed to move to Shooter's Hill by a number of people saying, you should move to Shooter's Hill, just to say that. So in 2018, I'll just put that slide up again. In 2018, something profound happened. The, church, uh, the school opposite where we lived changed its name to Ark. <laughs> I'm so glad you're with me, so I don't have to go back 10 minutes and, and say, do you remember what I was talking about 10 minutes ago? This was absolutely ridiculous. It used to be called Greenwich Free School. And in 20, that's the, that's the uh, head, headmaster or head teacher's comment there. In August 2018... The founders decided to hand the school over to the larger multi-academy trust, ARC. Never heard of them in my life, but all I saw when I looked out my window was, or at the gate was, ARK, opposite my house. I've been to Noah's Ark since 2002. God had been speaking to me about building an ark for six years before I met my wife. She's then got family from Rainbow. We then pick a rainbow as our sign, and we, and we clearly hear God say, Genesis 9, verse 3, that's your, Bible, that's your verse over your, your family and you. And then in 2018, the school that would never entertain anyone in their building, because we'd already checked, suddenly changed their name to Ark. And I think, oh my word, are we going in there? Like, are you going to make a way for us to go in there, Lord? Our little church. I have to try. I have to try. And you know, with faith... If you act on faith, what happens? What, is, what happens immediately? Doors just... No, they don't always. They don't, they don't always. It's very disappointing. Uh, so you ring up and you think, oh, God, they've changed, the word. they've changed the name to Ark. It must be for us. This is incredible. Oh, Jesus, thank you. You're so amazing. Uh, yeah, can I speak to the, 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 uh, you know, the guy who runs the whole property? Oh, yeah, that's him. Oh, his name's St- oh, same name as, his name was Stephen. Same name as somebody I grew up with. Not actually him, is it? It wasn't actually him, but it was the same name. That was strange. Anyway, hi, Stephen. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, we're a church, and um, I'm a bit nervous. 
I just wondered, you know, is there any possibility we'd be able to rent uh, your school hall for church on a Sunday morning? Because we meet in the afternoon up the road. No, absolutely not. Mm, okay, you're not listening to God. <laughs> um, let, me, let me just clarify things here, because I just got a coincidence and a God incidence, and I'm sure it's God, so clearly you're wrong. No, we, did, we never hired it out, ever. We've never done it. I've been here for decades, and uh, yeah, no, we've never done it. I don't think we're ever going to do it, I'm afraid. So, look, I'll take your details, and I'll give you a call back. Right, great. So what are you supposed to do then? Pray. Good. Jesus! What's going on? Pray with some passion. That's a good way to do it. Pray with some passion. What's going on? You said, oh, come on, this can't be a, this can't be a coincidence. It must be a God incidence. So that was in the September. Fast forward two months. I'm feeling pretty discouraged. Can't believe that. This just can't be right. And then I get a God incidence about God's perfect timing. And in your walk with the Lord, if you're listening to him, the next step is all about God's perfect timing. It isn't going to happen necessarily immediately the first time you think you know what God said. But two months later, I have this God incidence, and I feel like God's saying, it's all about God's timing. So the next morning, I'm going to work. It's break time. I'm a head of year and a head of, head of department, actually, at that time. I'm a teacher. And I've got five minutes in my break, because that is all you get, five minutes in London. I pick up the phone. I think, I'm, ring, I'm going to ring him now. I feel like, come on, Lord, your timing's perfect. You can do this. And I get to him. Hi, Stephen. I just thought I'd ask you if anything's changed. Guess what he said? He said, oh my word, your timing is unbelievable. <laughs> he said, I have literally just walked back into the office and I've just been told for the first time we are going to hire out the hall. I can't believe your timing, he said. I said, well, it's not my timing, mate. It's God's, God's timing. I said, so are you saying we, we, we might be able to hire it? Yeah. I think, yes, I am. We've got to get evaluation and we've got to... Oh my goodness, this is crazy. I'm going to go into the ark. We're going to go into the ark. That's crazy. So I, he told me it would take uh, to after Christmas. So it's it around uh, end of December. I'm thinking, right, Lord, but if they value it really highly, I mean, and I've been in now, I've seen the hall, and it is like an ark. It is absolutely giant. In, in actual terms, the hall is double this length and about, and about the same width. Six families at the front. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Come to the front. <laughs> it's not the most, uh, it didn't seem to match. The, it was gigantic. And I thought, if they're going to charge loads for that place. Lord, if they charge more than 150 pounds per week, we can't do it. So I said, I really need you to speak to me, Lord. Saturday night, I'm due, to, I'm due to preach at our church around the corner, a friend of ours, their church, who we've done joint men's breakfast with. And I'm saying, please, Lord, speak to me. And I'm looking on the ARC website. Why are they called ARC? I mean, who would do that? They'd surely go ARC, you know, not ARC like from the Bible, unless they're Christian. But it didn't look like they were Christian. I was looking at, oh, come on, Lord, I need to know if this is you. Because if it's like 100, even if it's 150, that's all our money. And the next morning I go to preach and I'm at the church and I'm, stand, I'm sitting there and, and then we're worshipping, standing up, sit down. And then a lady comes up to prophesy and she's a prophetic lady and she says, I've just got a few words, can I share them? She's speaking to the pastor. pastor says, yes, of course, go for it, um, Bernadette. And she points straight to me and she says, 
you're Noah, aren't you? I went, yeah, I am. She said, I saw the name Noah over you, and God said, you're his Noah, aren't you? She had no idea what was going on. She had no idea what I was, gonna, what I was praying about and that we might be going into the ark. And on April the 7th, we did actually go into the ark for our first meeting. It was amazing, totally amazing. And if we have the next slide, please, that would be great. Now, just in between uh, the next bit I'm going to tell you, I want to mention that in 2019, we'd still been praying, Lord, you know, we're building this church, but do you want us to be in Australia at some point? We'd been to Australia four times as a family between 2011 and 2016, and God has begun to speak to me and give me a heart for Australia. Given that I'm an English guy, I think that's quite a big deal. You know, because you hate us, don't you? You hate us. Useless poms, yeah, I know. Rubbish at cricket, rubbish at rugby. No, I, I, honestly, I began to think, I really love it over there. God, are you calling us over to Australia or not? And we began to think that 2020 might be the year. So in 2017, we went ahead and planted the church. We thought, well, we'll be faithful with whatever we've got. And if it's really you, Lord, in 2020, you're going to have to somehow open the door for us. So at the end of 2019, that's an, that's an email that I got on the day that we were praying and fasting. Dee and I said, well, look, we're either going to stick it, we're either going to put our roots down and buy somewhere here, or we're moving to Australia. It's one or the other. And we were beginning to think, what do we do with Dee's mum's inheritance? Do we buy somewhere? What do we do? Let's pray and fast. We pr- prayed and fasted all day. Lord, please tell us, are we going to Australia? If, there, if we are, then a job has to come up. Something has to be, you know, we can't just move there. I'll only go there if it's to do with church. If you're going to place us in a church, that's fine. But, you know, it's a big deal, leaving our church behind, handing it over, taking our whole family to the other side of the world. And in the evening, that time just reflects the Australian time. But the time that that email came through, I got a ping on my phone. I thought, oh, notification. And I looked at it and it said vacancy, CRC vacancy. I thought, okay, I'll have a look. I'll have a look. Guess what it was? Ararat. <laughs> D, D, is there an Ararat in Australia? <laughs> D, come here. Look at this. Is there an Ararat in Australia? Yeah, there is. Why have you never mentioned it? Well, it's just some little small place near Ballarat. But Ballarat is where my family are from. Joking. There's a vacancy there. Do you want to look, look at this? It sounds like us. They want a family to move into the town to leave the church two days a week. And I've told the guys how I got confirmation about that yesterday. They're privileged to hear that little one. Where I went and got that verified from a prophet who was literally, must have been sitting in my car hearing everything we were talking about, but then verified that definitely we were meant to move to another geographical place. And so if we look at the next slide. On May the 2nd, 2020... By the way, we prayed about the airline. When we booked tickets in the January, four months before COVID, there was nothing happening. No big problem, but I knew God was saying to me, check and only book with the right airline. So I pray, Lord, which one? I'm looking at like there's 10 options here, Air China, Singapore, Emirates, Qatar. Going through the list. I didn't like Qatar, by the way because people had died building stadiums for the World Cup that's happening this year. I was not impressed with Qatar's health and safety. So to get on one of their planes, mm. Anyway, I felt God say Qatar. 
Qatar, Qatar. I'm like, ah, oh, really? Qatar, they're a bit dodgy, aren't they? Those guys, they like, don't seem to care about people dying. All right, well, D, look, I think we're supposed to go with Qatar. Like, they're roughly the same price. Should we just, what do you think? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, boy, did that matter. Three or four year, months later, every other airline stopped flying to Australia, apart from Qatar. And Qatar kept saying, we'll get you home to Australia. We're like, oh, my goodness, imagine if we'd gone for Emirates. They would have just cancelled our flights and gone, we're not doing it. But Qatar said, we're going to keep going. doesn't matter about COVID. We're the only ones who are going to do it. And so we somehow, in the midst of that flood of COVID, we landed in Ararat. 377 days after we entered the ark. And some people believe that that's how many days Noah was in the ark, 377 days. Postcode, funnily enough, is actually 3377. Did someone like look this up? Like, I don't know how that happened. So God doesn't speak necessarily like shouting from the rooftop. Sometimes you'll have a thought, and it's quite a persistent thought, like Qatar Airlines, Qatar Airlines. I don't want to go. And it's not necessarily what you would naturally pick, right? That's how you'd know, and you have ears to hear, you're hearing God. Next slide, please. I just want to mention that in 2020, my last sermon, second to last sermon, was this sermon here. And my prophetic declaration at the time is that the rain is coming. I did a whole sermon based on James chapter 5, and I said the rain is coming. I feel like God is telling me the rain is coming. And that is the prophecy I want to share with you today if we look at the next slide. In May this year, I heard supernatural rain. I was sitting waiting for people to arrive at Connect Group, and I suddenly heard downpour of rain. And I thought to myself, oh dear, those two ladies are going to get absolutely drenched because they hadn't arrived yet. And the others were there and we sat there waiting for them to come. And I thought they're going to have to walk all, all the way down my drive. They're going to be absolutely drenched. They're not the kind of running people. They're not going to run. They're just going to get drenched. And I'm going to have to put their coats on the heaters. Oh, goodness me. And I hope it dries in time. Those are all the thoughts going through my head. 30 seconds before they knocked on the door because I could hear the rain chucking it down outside. You know what I'm going to say, don't you? I went to the door, opened the door, they're bone dry. And I walk out. What? Where's the rain? The floor's dry. I just heard the rain pouring down. What? Wow. What was that? Tried to dismiss it. I thought, oh, that was crazy. Bone dry, there's no rain. Anyway, let's do connect group. So we did connect group, it was great fun. And about an hour and a half later, it's up on that WhatsApp there, look, 10.28 p.m. I get sent a text from the lady who, whose church where the lady said, you're Noah, aren't you? Pastor Kelly. She sent me this message. Hi, Jay, blessings on you and Dee and the family. Whilst listening to this, I remembered God's word over you about Noah. Have a listen, hope it blesses you. Guess what this guy, Larry Randolph, who's a prophet in the, in the US, said? And I can give you that link. I keep hearing supernatural rain. He talks over and over again. God is speaking about the rain is coming. I'm hearing supernatural rain. I'm like, really? What? Maybe I just heard supernatural rain then. Wow. And then he starts talking about Noah. And then he keeps going. And I, so I message her back. Hiya, Kelly. I enjoyed that. I also heard rain three hours before you sent that. 
I heard it pouring down outside and thought two ladies coming to connect would be soaked, but there was no actual rain. And I make a little comment about a lady joining our toddler group called Lorraine. That's good, isn't it? But her son is called Noah. Seriously. And she says, wonderful, may our God continue to bless you. Do you know what the, the prophetic word for next, the next day was? Sent out by this guy, Tyler Medina, the rain is coming. The next day, a prophecy comes out, the rain is coming. If I can go into that next slide, please. So I want to pronounce to you a prophecy that I believe God is saying around the world. I believe this one began a couple of years ago, and I've realized since then that there's a whole host of prophets who are saying the same thing. The rain is coming. What rain, you might ask? What rain is that? The natural rain or the rain of his Holy Spirit? Option B. In James chapter 5, it says, Therefore, be patient, brothers and sisters, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious produce of the soil. Be impatient about it until it gets the early and late rains. There are latter rains to come. There's going to be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit before the final judgment. I don't know how many years we're talking about. I don't know if it's decades or a decade or less than a decade. But I do know that God is asking us to prepare for it. Noah prepared an ark. The word then is not actually built like tecton in the Greek, but it's, it's prepare. By faith, Noah, be, being warned of, of God of things not yet seen, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. I believe God is asking us to prepare for a huge outpouring of the Holy Spirit. What does that look like? Last slide, please. It looks like loads of people being affected by the Holy Spirit. Your neighbours, you know, the horrible people from over the tracks. Have you got that in this area? Have you got that here? The other side of town. You know, all the drunk people and the gamblers and the, the, all those horrible people. Imagine if people are getting hit by the Holy Spirit and they come in with all their problems next week, 200 of them. What are you going to do? You ready? What are you going to do? Hello, who's the pastor? I've got, I've got an addiction. I need a real pro- There's 200 people here next week that you've never met before. They're all from Colac, and they've all just been ministered to by the Holy Spirit, and they want to know how to follow Jesus today. Are you ready? What are you going to do? Which, who's leading that group then? Who's, how many life groups do we need for that? 200 people. Come on, Andrew, roughly. 20? You got 20 leaders ready, Andrew? Mm. We're working on it, good. I did see that, that was excellent. I was so impressed actually, Andrew, well done. We need to get ready. It takes faith to get ready, doesn't it? For something you don't know for absolute definite is coming. That's what Noah did. He built an ark, he'd never heard of rain. There was no precedent for it and he still got ready for it. And I believe that's what God is asking us to do. Okay? So that's what I'm just going to leave you with now. There's a couple of questions there. Am I willing, well, first question, do I even want the Holy Spirit to pour out on me and my family? You know, there's a cost when the Holy Spirit comes. He suddenly makes you want to be holy. The closer you get to God, the suddenly you think, oh my goodness, I'm not very clean at all. I thought I was doing great. This is what happens to all the leaders in the church, hopefully, if they're still seeking God. They gradually realize how utterly useless they are. All right, Andrew. We get more and more like, oh God, please help me, Lord. I'm going into areas I'm not used to. I can't do this on my own. God's going, I know. That's the point. Right? 
And there's going to be a cost. There's going to be a challenge. The more the Holy Spirit begins to come by, I felt the presence of God here today. Bless you guys. It was so wonderful. But imagine that 10 times more. Oh, I can't even get out of my seat. What then? We've got to prepare. That's my message. We've got to prepare. So I want to close in prayer. I want us to take a minute to start thinking, what if God did, is about to, and is going to pour out a huge amount of the Holy Spirit, what would I do? Will I run? Or will I just submit to Jesus? Will I say, yes, Lord, fill me. Change me. Make me holy. Fill me with your gifts, Lord. Use me. Or will I say, oh, this is a bit scary. I'm going to a nice um, tranquil church somewhere. Don't do that. I've already told the guys, unless God's told you to go there, it's not God. He's planted you here in this church. You're here for a reason. You need to fill up the roster. Get ready. Sorry, Andrew. I know it's an administrative nightmare, but you've got to get more people on the roster, ready to do things, so we're ready. All right, let's pray. Let's pray. Jesus, I want to thank you, Lord, that you do promise, in spite of what we see in the earth and all the negativity, Lord, that you still have a plan. And you are far supreme in power to anything that's on the earth, Lord. Like we saw in Psalm 2, you laugh. You think, well, when I pour my spirit out, none of that's going to matter at all. People are going to see me, hear me, feel me, and run to me. And Lord, we desire that. We want that Holy Spirit revival, Lord. We want to be ready when people are desperately trying to come to church, who want to get healed, and we pray, and they're instantly healed. Oh, my goodness, what now? Come to church. Okay, I'm coming on Sunday. What then? Lord, I pray that you'd prepare your church, in Australia particularly, Lord, that we'd be ready, we'd be thinking with faith, but God's going to pour out his spirit. We've got to get ready. God's going to pour out his spirit. I'm going to do some planning in that way. In Jesus' name I pray, Lord. Let your will be done. Amen. 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 Thank you.